We're going to bring it on more down. Gentle. <laughs> bring it on down. Caress your right to sleep right now with uh, this is Clark Hodges and Riley Wagon and <laughs> We got a few great ones, a few crooners picked out for you mm. today. So mm. sit on back, fall into that satin lat. Satin Latin chair. Satin Latin. <laughs> that, that Latin chair that you imported from Spain. Because that's where Latin things come from. Weekly food challenge, cooking challenge, excuse me, cooking challenge. I guess it's a food challenge podcast uh, where my friend Clark and I, Clark, hi, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Yeah, this is where we. Uh, <laughs> hi, Riley. This is where we challenge each other to crazy stuff in the kitchen every couple of weeks, and we come back and tell you guys about it so we can make mistakes and you don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. What what we do this time around, Clark? Uh, you'll have to remind me. I kind of blacked uh, out and just cooked a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you were a little bit out of there for a second. Uh, we had miso every day. Miso, miso, miso. So miso. much miso. So much That's miso. That's why I'm so thirsty tonight. <laughs> so for those not aware, uh, miso is, we, we had the Japanese miso. So it was fermented soybeans, um, according to Yeah, and cultured, uh, cultured with a uh, culture grown for, on rice. Mm-hmm. So they, it's a mix of fermented soybeans, almost like a natto kind of kind of substance mixed with um, fermented rice. Uh, it kind of gives it that it gives it the culture that it needs to develop, and then it's typically um, heated, very lightly mm-hmm. heated in uh, wooden barrels, and then aged for anywhere between six months and three years. Yeah, it's a long process, it and is. Uh, the end result is kind of. I guess the consistency of kind of a dense hummus, really. Yeah, it's like dense hummus. And it is, let me tell you what, it is an umami punch to the throat. It Yeah. It's like the very definition of umami, which um, for those of you not familiar is, is MSG is basically there to artificially create umami. Mm-hmm. That super savory and decadent kind of flavor and meaty meaty yes yeah. a lot of people describe it as meaty yep. yeah which is why miso finds its way into a lot of vegan dishes because it kind of brings that that element to the party that um, meat usually does for for um those normal people out there um but yeah. yeah when when i was doing research for this challenge um i was talking to one of my friends who runs a catering company about what he does with miso and he says that um they find a lot of recipes on chef steps and uh you know all the catering like food recipe sites for making stuff in mass and uh he said any recipe that calls for anchovies he just switch it up switches it out with miso yeah like he just doesn't even deal with anchovies because in his mind miso does pretty much the same thing except better yeah i think and maybe he might every now and then use anchovies but i think the thing is he has miso 
and he doesn't keep anchovies stocked. Yeah. So like you kind of use what you have, yep, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love me. So even before this challenge, it was, it was one of my favorite things to add to, hmm. I mean, we're all familiar with, with, uh, miso soup. Um, that's kind of where it comes from. And for those of you who say you haven't had miso soup, that's not true. Um, at least not if you've actually been to like an Asian, like a Japanese restaurant with a multi-course meal, because oftentimes, um, you'll order a meal at a Japanese restaurant and they'll bring out this little cup of soup and it will have like two pieces of tofu and some green onions in it. And it looks so like unremarkable, but then you take a sip of it and you're like, holy cow. Yeah, this is something is else. This? Yeah. And you just get this little bowl and it's just enough because it's really kind of rich and it's, it's just broth. So it would feel weird to drink like 16 ounces of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's miso soup. Yeah. Um, usually you start off with, um, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to explain how to make this in a different section. Yeah, but yeah. Um, for now, we should get into our burnt ends. Yeah, I got I got a mistake for sure. Um, nice. All right. It sounded so good and it was going so well. <laughs> Until I mm-hmm. went one step too far. Um, I was making pesto with miso in it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, turns out, you know, I, I was trying to do a, a pretty traditional pesto, so I added some some of this uh, cheese substitute that I have. Uh, it's really good on its own. Is it that butter bean stuff? Or... Um, oh, no, it's that, that blue cheese stuff. Yeah, it's from uh, Miyoko's Kitchen, which does some really amazing stuff with vegan cheese, but... I put that and miso into a walnut pesto, and uh, the funk hmm. of cheese and the funk of miso just don't. It's it's too much funk, you know. It's it's yeah. like the seventies. Yeah. It's just just too much funk. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was saved. Luckily, I ha- I made the noodles, so it was saved by homemade noodles, um, which will save it. This is a, a little a little dinner party hack for you. Uh, if everything else that you make sucks, just make some noodles, serve them plain, whatever. They're gonna be amazing. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, luckily I made the linguine for for that pesto because that kind of was the only saving grace of dinner that night. You made linguine, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh man, With no eggs. How'd you pull that off? Uh, just semolina flour, water, salt, and oh. and time. Lots of kneading. Uh, hmm. and Excellent. they are delicious. You don't. Here, here's here's another here's another little kitchen hack for you. Uh, <laughs> egg pasta is is completely. I, I mean, the eggs are completely extraneous. Hmm. Just don't need it. Interesting. They, I, I like. I can't tell the difference between stuff with eggs and without eggs. It's just. I don't know. I I mean maybe because I'm not exactly a a, a uh, pasta connoisseur, but. Hmm. I wonder if eggs were added strictly because that's what they had. Yeah, <laughs> like, instead of instead of clean water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would just yeah. use eggs and, you, you know, you had them from the chickens. You didn't have a refrigerator to put it in, so you just put it in everything. Yep. And it does help with the structure and stuff, so. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it does. Uh, but use the right flour and the right ratio. Make your dough dry enough. You will get phenomenal noodles with just water and flour. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, the, the the miso pesto. Don't do it. 
It's just if you do make sure miso is the only funky thing in there. Yeah, yeah, too much funk. Yep. <laughs> what about you? And I like funk. I mean, I really do like. Oh, funk, me but... too. Yeah, I can yeah. funk with the rest of them, you know, but <laughs> or best of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think one mistake that I made several times and and regretted every time is um, <laughs> the instructions tell you to like put the miso with like half a cup of water or broth or whatever liquid you're using in like a separate bowl and to stir it thoroughly mm-hmm. before you add it to anything. Mm-hmm. I completely ignored that step multiple times and I would just bloop, bloop, put some globs of miso into stuff. And I never, <laughs> it took me forever to learn to like stir it right. And I would find myself like getting to the bottom of my um, bowl and being <laughs> like, just... huh, the miso didn't change that much. And I go to drink it, you know, like, uh-huh. cause the liquid's kind of opaque because there were noodles and stuff in there. And I go to drink it and I, I drank so many clumps of miso <laughs> and I did this multiple times and I'm just like, why? You gotta why learn am I from doing that mistake. This? Yeah. So I, I started actually doing it and I got my whisk and I would put my miso in a separate bowl because I just got so sick of just chugging, chugging miso chunks miso paste. Oh. because miso is great as an additive, but it's very strong and it's very flavorful. It is. It um, is. And I did learn that not going to lie, like all this miso stuff, I've had more heartburn this week than really. So yeah, sodium maybe. I think it is. I think I, I tend to, when I'm cooking, I try to, to season all my ingredients separately mm-hmm. um and i try to make them all taste good separately so that when i combine them they will all taste good and it will taste really good together yep. um and then i add the miso kind of closer to the end mm-hmm. and i think i'm just yeah way too much salt um way too much just seasoning in general yeah. I, I think i've been using the miso as just kind of like a and under like I just kind of thought it would be a minor character, but I think I underestimated just how much um, less soy sauce and other sauces yeah, I need to it, use. It it can function as the the top of maybe three seasonings in yeah. in something like it. It has so much to offer that you don't really need anything else. Yeah, so I think I I no longer really need to douse my tofu in soy sauce maybe just like a quick splash just like a little bit but mm-hmm. i don't need to like i don't need them to absorb all that stuff because they're going to be floating around in this miso stuff oh, so yeah. it's like just let them soak that in and don't wake up at two in the morning to get tums yeah you know <laughs> so yeah that was that was definitely something i wasn't expecting yeah um but i i'm glad we i'm glad our challenges are two weeks because it took me a couple weeks to really realize um, how not to just mess myself up. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I, I when we first started this, I kind of thought a weekly thing would be good, but it, yeah. with some of these ingredients, two weeks is is just long enough. Uh, yeah. To, to really yeah. learn their intricacies and and how to use them and all the different things you can do with them. Um, and shelf lives. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Brussels sprouts. Oh man, um, <laughs> poor thing. That green challenge was not very nice to our to our uh, refrigerators. Um, no, no, I probably still have some bags of peas and stuff in there. That <laughs> yeah. Most of them I can use for stock. Yeah, but. absolutely. Uh, but what kind of kitchen updates do we have? Let's uh, let's let's see how this challenge changed our kitchens. 
I'll go first because mine is pretty minor. I don't have much to say. I bought chopsticks. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like five sets of them. I, I was with you. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, I remember. Uh, I was I was kind of all blacked out on miso, but I do remember a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and we should talk about different types of miso in the next section. But for now, um, yeah, I got chopsticks, and I've been using them in place of so many tools in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, they're nice, aren't they? Yeah, like I was cooking my mushrooms a little bit to go in my ramen, and I was reaching for like a spatula or something to like turn them around in the pan. And I'm like, I have chopsticks right here. Like, that's what these are what? made for. Yeah, they're really good at flipping stuff and manipulating stuff and, and not burning your fingers. Yep. So I think, honestly, I it's one of those silly things where like it's just chopsticks, but I, I will be using those for everything. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, that's my only and update. You got, a, you got a pretty great set of them, too. Yeah, they're beautiful. Different types of wood, different colors. Every single one of them had like a sticker that wrapped around it, so it, it, they're still like sticky from the residue. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. I'm getting that off. Yep, <laughs> they'll wear down. So, yeah. How about you? What's new in the kitchen? Well, I have I have three living creatures in my kitchen now. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think we've talked about my sourdough starter, uh, mm-hmm. who is uh, who's chugging along just fine. Um, mm-hmm. she's a little dormant right now, which, uh, I might just need to freshen her up a bit, but, um, I also have a batch of sauerkraut that has one more week to go. I, I typically follow mm. the three week rule on sauerkraut. Um, but it it's is bubbling pretty good though, oh, right? Yeah. It's, it, mm. it tastes great already. Um, but it's just <laughs> going to get even better. Mm. Um, cause in the middle of your sauerkraut process, if you're making your own, if you mm-hmm. sample it, it'll be a little bit it'll kind of offend your tongue just a little bit. It's got a little bit of acidity or something to it. That just oh, it's kind of like astringent, huh? doesn't quite sit right. Yeah. On, on the mm. tongue. Um, but that really mellows out and turns into that really nice fermented flavor after, after you let it sit for long enough. Um, and my favorite of, of my, well, don't tell them, don't tell the rest of them this, but my favorite <laughs> of my, my living creatures in the kitchen is my, uh, I'm going to totally butcher how to say this, but my Nukatico. Uh, Nukatico. Yeah. How do you spell that? Do you know? Uh, N-U-K-A-D-O-K-O. Uh, huh. It is okay. basically, it's a fermented batch of uh, traditionally rice bran, but I used wheat bran because it's way cheaper here. Um, <laughs> hmm. You ferment a bucket or a uh casserole pan or something with a little bit of depth to it uh full of rice or wheat bran with garlic and ginger and a little bit of kombu which is a seaweed um oh i didn't know about all that stuff yep, and uh huh. salt and i put some gochugaru in there which is the mm. korean chili flake used in kimchi um mm. okay and then you basically bury vegetables in it and it pickles them overnight uh and it's incredible like I've been doing That's so <clears throat> weird. I've been doing radishes and carrots in there. Let me tell you what. They are they're so good. They're so unique. It's it it scratches that <laughs> I I'm going to say, say this. It. I'm going to say this <laughs> and I'm going to regret it. Uh, uh-huh. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about this on Twitter. Um mm-hmm. it'll scratch mm-hmm. your pickle itch. Yeah, um, there it is. But it has so much else going on because of the because of the wheat bran. 
um, and all the other stuff that it's fermenting with. Uh, but now, man, you're leaving out the part where you have to sacrifice vegetables you to this do have to fermented brand vegetables. God. <laughs> Every so there kind of always has to be something in there uh, fermenting because uh, fresh vegetables that you put in there will release all their water or mo- mm. or a good portion of their water, and that's what keeps the wheat bran from drying out. That's what keeps it a healthy living organism is to stay the right amount of the right amount of hydrated. Uh, hmm. So every two days, if you're not pickling something, you have to swap out just scraps of vegetables, whatever, whatever you have laying around stuff that you would normally throw in your stock bag, you'll throw in the Nukatoko. And, and w- what you're making is uh Nukazuke, 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 Nukazuke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which huh. is N U K A Z U A E. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that's that's the name for the pickles. Once they're once they're done. Um, that's way cool. Do they have any spice to them? They have. I put I put a very light amount of those of that gochugaru in there because I wasn't quite sure how it was gonna work. So mm-hmm. it's more of it. It's more of a pepper flavor than a spice. Okay. Doesn't gotcha. doesn't really have any zing to it as far as the spice goes, but it you can tell that there's something. Something in the pepper family in there. <laughs> hmm. Well, that is a so, pretty strange kitchen update. Yeah, there, it's and <laughs> my kitchen smells normal. I think either that or yeah. I've been in it for too long and I can't. I you're just nose blind. <laughs> cannot tell the difference between my cat boxes and my kitchen, and I sound like a crazy person. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sure my house smells fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I got to spend time at your house. You certainly did. Uh, when we were just starting the miso challenge. Yeah, and we made uh, all sorts of good stuff we'll talk about in the next section. But between now and then, uh, let's go to the squeeze. Star Trek, a well-trod frontier. 50 years! These are the podcasts of two unlikely friends. Unlikely? Their seven-year mission to go over every single episode of Star Trek ever. And the movies. To seek out bold new commentary. (laughs) And to go where so many have gone before. We are the Meth Generation. I'm Cam. That's Dan. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are the Meh Generation. Tune into our show Tuesdays and Thursdays as we watch every single episode of Star Trek ever. But why would we do that, Cameron? Well, I, for one, am a lifelong lover and full-on Trekkie and have been for a very long time. And I've been trying to get you to watch this show for years. Took you almost a decade, but finally I succumbed. Yeah, you gave in. Neener, neener. In case you can't tell by our playful back and forth, Cameron will uh, make any excuse to defend the hokey 1960s gallivanting that is Star Trek, and I will pick it apart, because I'm a jerk, and he likes things, which is silly. Fandom. Silly. It's a good time, everyone. There's witty banter, there's woke musings on sexism and racism fun back and forths with improvised songs 
and coming up with puns based on the names of alien species and whatever terrible, terrible fight scene we're having to witness as Kirk somehow manages to come out on top even though he fights like someone who just woke up from a coma and both legs are asleep. Oh, the 60s fighting hasn't aged well, but I promise you will enjoy it. You will enjoy every second. And even if you don't like the episodes, I think you'll like what we have to say about them. So give us a listen. That's the meh generation, part of the secret weapon production family. And we're back. <laughs> Good squeeze, as always. Uh, Riley, half an orange. Yeah, yeah. I had to take a little bit of food break. All this talking about food, you know, it's it, it's not easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you going to share your goal with the listeners I, that we were talking about over the squeeze? Yeah, yeah, So uh, in April, in the month of April, I'm going to eat. Uh, now, to a lot of you, maybe this is like, well, you're not doing this already, but to me, it's a big deal. Um, I'm going to eat 100 servings of fruit in the month of April. Um, that's a lot for me. <laughs> I definitely, I don't eat anywhere near that. That's more fruit than I usually eat in like three months, probably. So, mm. um good goal i'm i'm excited about it yeah i like i haven't had a single banana go bad on me in a, in like because i've been doing it more in the last couple of weeks anyway just oh, okay because um and i've been buying like full bunches of bananas and i haven't had a single one go bad on me yet which is whoa definitely different than my previous life so and that's perfect because you already established you don't like overripe bananas yeah oh man the greener the better or banana bread yep yep i could just get cool. sick of making it so Hmm. So, on to the meat and potatoes. What went right? Uh, I'll let I'll let you start here, but I do want to talk a little bit about what we made together. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my favorite thing that my thing that I came back to over and over again. Um, I discovered Buddha bowls this time around, which is basically a rice bowl with a protein and a green mm-hmm. and a vegetable. Greens and vegetables are different in this in this case. Like a leafy green yeah. and then another vegetable. Um, some sort of garnish. Uh, I use sesame seeds. Um, the the way the reason they're called Buddha bowls is that you're supposed to be, when you're making them, you're supposed to be extra mindful about how you build them and how they're structured mm. and, and how flavors are going to layer and all that kind of thing. Um, like a bonsai tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to cultivate mm. your tiny little bowl. Um so I made it a huge habit to make those, and my favorite thing to put in there for the leafy greens was kale that I that I prepped and and stemmed and all that, and then I would put a blob of a blo- and by blob I mean like a tablespoon of miso paste <laughs> in a pile of kale, and then just kind of massage the, the miso paste into the kale. Uh, okay. And let it sit for about ten minutes, so it kind of soften the kale up. And then just pan fry it real quick, low temperature, just to kind of get it to release some of its liquid. And man, I hmm. tell you what, miso fried kale, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, Interesting. So good, so good. Uh, it, uh, I gotta say, as while we're while I'm talking about simplicity, um, one of my favorite breakfasts uh, using miso. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you sound more and more disgusted every time I mention. Sorry, something. it's just. I had so much miso. I'm just like kind of like breakfast miso. ready to ready to have less of it. 
you know it's great yeah. i'm just yeah yeah nice. i get you um favorite breakfast miso was uh an everything bagel with just a little bit of just plain miso paste spread on top of it hmm what what type of miso paste are we talking about here? Okay. Because if people go to the grocery stores, what will they likely see and what should they actually get? Yep. So you'll typically see in in most stores you'll see red, brown and white miso. Uh, Usually in like a white container that's like eight, 4 to 8 ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um white is going to be your most mild uh your your easiest to get into it with mm-hmm. um pairs well with a lot of stuff i mean it's white stuff you're less likely to even really notice it yeah that's that's where it's more like it adds a lot of subtle under flavors but it's not super bold mm-hmm. yeah when you get in your red and brown misos which are uh i i've been hard pressed to notice a difference i've used mm. both but the between red and brown yeah i've heard that was the same i heard they were the same thing oh well maybe that's why i don't notice a difference uh mm, i just i just have <laughs> um i carry a few that are there's some that are red and some that are brown but hmm. um yeah i heard that was just like a regional you know some people call it red but if you look at it it is brown it's the same so, huh interesting yeah. well that would make sense um yeah my the the my favorite miso that i use is brown miso uh it's from a a company out of uh i think upstate new york huh. i remember uh but they're called south river miso they make this stuff the the very most traditional way with uh wood fire down to the wood fire and uh oak barrels mm-hmm. and all that stuff um they're great um they put it in beautiful glass jars too. Yeah, definitely. And they've got flavors like garlic, red pepper, miso, and the one that I am using currently cuz it's their spring seasonal is dandelion leek. Oh man. Mm. Tell you what, <laughs> it it has it sounds weird, but it, it, it smells weird. It's, yeah, it does. It is good. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so good. So, uh yeah, I I like I like miso with a little bit of I don't know. I like what they do as far as adding other flavors in there. Yeah. It's like you notice it, but it just kind of, um, it doesn't take over. It's just a nice little redirect. If you're already doing something that's springy and maybe has, um, some, Oh, what is that? Arugula and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it's about like that where you notice a little bit of like nuttiness or a little bit of flavor, but it's just, it's it's subtle. So go on. Um, my favorite happy mistake was, uh, I was at the end of a miso jar. It was the garlic red pepper stuff. I, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I couldn't get any more of it out with a spoon. Um, Uh but I let it sit. I I was, had it sitting on my counter because I knew I was going to think of something to use it for. And I was cooking down some beach mushrooms and I just put a little bit of warm water in the glass jar and shook Mm -hmm. it up. Mm -hmm. So I got all the stuff out of it. And poured that water in to deglaze the mushrooms. Ooh. Oh, I tell you what, dude, miso and mushrooms are made for each other. Yep, absolutely. Oh man, I definitely found that to be true. And uh, I discovered enoki mushrooms. Oh, those were beautiful. Yeah, they're like the white mushrooms with a really long stem, and they're really small. And when you get a package, they're all attached on the bottom, so you get like a hundred enoki 
mushrooms just on a block with this long stem. Anyway, they're beautiful. They're really tender. Um, I that has been such a good discovery. Uh, but yeah, you put it. I I cooked a bit of them with um, leeks. Like I would cook them alongside leeks just really mm. briefly and mix that mm. in with the ramen with the juices and noodles and stuff. And then I would put some raw enoki just on top for oh yeah for flourish. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're, I love they're a gorgeous mushroom. Oh yeah, and they're like three fifty a pack. Yeah, it's, it's really not much more expensive than like button mushrooms. So yeah, exactly, and that's that's how those beach mushrooms come too. Mm. Uh, the beach mushrooms are just they look like the enoki kind of, but they're about half the length. Oh really? And the the caps are are a little bigger. They're the caps are bigger than the stems noticeably. Huh. Okay. But, um. Yeah. yeah, I I discovered all sorts of cool mushrooms. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I use a lot of portobellos too because they were on sale. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like I two... got huh? I bought lobster mushrooms. Oh yeah, I've had those dried. I haven't had those fresh though. Oh man, they were fresh. They they're in, they're really they've got a lot to add as far as texture goes. They're I mean they're just big old chunks of mushroom. Yeah, they're real chewy and they smell like fish food. Yep. Mm. They 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 uh, mellow out pretty well when you cook them a little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah. Neat. It's kind of a mushroom challenge <laughs> as well. Turned, yeah, a lot of my dishes had mushrooms. Uh, I did mm-hmm. end up making uh, miso butter. Um, oh, tell me about that. Just just straight up butter. So that kind of de-veganized quite a bit of my dishes, but whatever. Um, it's good. I just mixed white, like a stick of butter and a couple tablespoons of white miso. And I would just use that to cook eggs or hash browns or pretty much anything. (laughs) So yeah, that was how I incorporated miso into my breakfast was miso butter. Uh, You do have to keep it in the fridge. Uh, You can't just leave it out like butter because there's all sorts of stuff going on there that you want to slow down. Yep. Um, But it's good. Uh, Probably didn't help with the heartburn to start off with miso. (laughs) (laughs) But, Start off with miso and butter. Yeah, this but is salt and fat. Yeah, but honestly, it did like. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm I'm not vegan, and I'm not really trying to go vegan. It's it's kind of just happening, but um, <laughs> mostly f- just for the sake of taking photographs, which is, sounds so stupid. But um, I found if I used miso butter, I had no need for cheese. I didn't crave cheese. I didn't oh, like. Yeah. It fulfilled the role. Usually, I'll put like a big you know, some healthy pinches and melt the cheese on there uh, and really kind of, you know, an egg's not really complete without some cheese. But it turns out, like, yeah, it is. You just add a little bit of fermented soybean paste and it yeah. scratches the same itch for whatever reason. So Yeah, well, it's that super savory flavor that they that miso brings, I think. Yeah. It has the same kind of, same kind of punch as the saltiness of cheese or whatever. Yeah, and I used the white miso, so it's not like it it didn't change the flavor that much really it just made the mm-hmm. eggs taste more um yeah and it right. was great with hash browns too great just on toast like miso butter is pretty good really yeah um huh yeah i so, wonder if you could do that with with coconut oil or something like that um to to make a, a vegan version of it olive i'm just oil. trying to think for me yeah yeah olive yeah oil you could just make fine. like a, a a blended olive oil and miso yeah paste of some kind yeah could work or yeah yeah, i'm sure coconut oil will be fine um yeah so that was good uh that's that's how i did my breakfast 
I didn't yeah. find any sweet dishes to add miso to. I, I couldn't make you know, that work. No, I thought I, by what I've done in previous challenges, which is make pancakes for everything, uh-huh. I thought it was my obligation to make miso pancakes. <laughs> uh-huh. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I honestly just couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm sure I could have thought of something. You know, I'm sure there are recipes out there. But I don't know. I guess I just i am not ready for that yet. I'm very <laughs> new to miso, and I, I don't know. I was just really wary of it. Um, but it was a fun challenge. Uh, we got the opportunity to cook stuff together. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, tell them a little bit about how that went and how we how we did the challenge up at your house. So, yeah, we uh, kind of, uh, I guess it was at the end of the first week of the challenge? No. Yeah, uh, yeah we were a weekend at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Buck showed up to Missoula and stayed with me for the weekend, which is always a good time. Oh, we always great. end up cooking everything. <laughs> um, and so first, I mean, we we went and kind of went overboard on miso at the store uh, <laughs> just because I think we were both fired up about just yeah. cooking with it all yeah. the time. Um, but now you have miso for a long time. Guess. Yep. <laughs> I think we probably in your house we probably had like six or seven containers of miso at one point. I think there were six, yeah. Yeah, between yours and um, mine. Yeah, we had six. Yeah. Huh. Uh it's a so lot of miso. <laughs> it is a lot of miso. Uh, that that is typically enough miso for a very long time for the normal individual. Yeah. Fortunately it doesn't go bad as long as you treat it, right? No, so. it doesn't. Um and you can leave it out on the shelf and it'll just ferment faster and keep fermenting mm. i um, didn't try that but i believe you yeah it's just kind of it's a very healthy living food so it just perpetuates itself that way um, interesting okay but fridge is recommended yeah yeah <laughs> um the, the fda would not recommend leaving it out on your counter no uh, um so one way that we we got to do the challenge or one thing that we cooked together was just a a trio of tartines, a tartine oh. trio. Oh man! And we did a. We were trying to figure out what to cook, and I couldn't really. We couldn't really agree on one specific flavor set, so we just decided to like make three different flavor sets. Yep. Uh, and we went just based on color. So we had a yellow one, a green one, and a red one. So tartine. So. Uh, for those unaware, it's essentially just an open-faced sandwich. You take a mm-hmm. big slice of sourdough, you toast it a little bit, and you just put toppings on it, cut it into pieces, and you just eat it open-faced. So think like avocado toast. That's yeah, pretty much a tartine. Um, so for the yellow one, we made this really good uh, curry, right? Yeah. Yeah. A curry base, and then we put golden raisins and carrots and i forget what all we put on that but it was really good the Um, the kumquats went on that one yeah kumquats yeah whatever squash that was yeah uh um oh what man this is why i need to take notes yeah (laughs) and then the green one we made kind of a pesto of sorts uh and put a bunch of stuff on that but then we the one that incorporated miso was the red one Mm -hmm. uh so we made like a base out of Oh boy, we should have taken notes. Yeah, sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah, uh, miso. Sun-dried tomatoes and miso, basically. Yep, and you put that in the blender with some oil and yeah, ripped it into a decent sauce, spread that out, and man, oh. that is 
that one was so good that one was really good um those sun-dried tomatoes are kind of cheating though they're so good yeah Um, i mean it's just so much oil (laughs) yeah Uh. tomatoes i mean tomatoes are hot very high on the umami scale anyway especially Mm. dried ones Mm. so adding miso to that was just like it was the perfect little layer of savory um Mm -hmm. you could pile all sorts of good stuff on and boy did we yeah Mm. oh man those that was that was the best lunch i've had in a very long time yeah because it's like three way different flavors well didn't we use that dandelion leek stuff in the green one too so it kind of i think we did yeah so it's like we had a a nice like middle of the road yellow one where it's just kind of a smooth curry and everything is just mellow and then we had a really fresh green one where it was just popping the flavor is just really bright um Mm -hmm. and then the red one which was just more aggressive it was uh it was a lot it was an umami bomb so Mm -hmm. yeah we we just kind of the the servings were small enough that we could just kind of rotate between them and it was just so such a good medley of flavors Um, yeah yeah, yeah, that was that turned out to be a project that we didn't really know what to do with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We were kind of wandering around the store, like, "What are we gonna eat for lunch?" Yep. And then we got bread and a bunch of sandwich toppings, and just kind of went for it with the tartines, and and it paid off <laughs> really well. <laughs> and then we did also. Um, your friend got a juicer. Uh, oh juicing and this has nothing to do with miso but we juiced we juiced so we made nine different batches of juice that day we made like over a gallon and a half of juice yeah we didn't drink all of that in one afternoon but no it's all gone now though um (sighs) um, man and we've had subsequent juice parties since you left Um, that was so weird it's just like it was the most missoula thing i've ever no that's (laughs) that's not true uh it was it was very missoula yeah I've, I've it, done... it is very missoula just have a bunch of people over to juice a bunch yep and we just listened to loud techno music and mm-hmm. like and not just techno and that i have no idea what i'm talking about in terms of music but like actual techno music yeah 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 like like yeah yeah it was real real interesting so won't be forgetting that anytime soon yeah get get all your friends together and have a juicing party it is a good time as long as everybody's got the right energy and the right sense of humor to come come to the table with then uh yeah and it's it's gonna be a good time and you have to be willing to um maybe maybe just choke down a batch that you want nothing to do with like yeah yeah well if, if i make stuff, anything yeah well because you'll just like throw in just grapefruit and garlic and ginger and turmeric and it's just like ugh. oh it's <sighs> delicious it's delicious oh yeah puts hair on your chest <laughs> I've had to shave my chest like three times just since that day. <laughs> that is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, I've gone werewolf just because of the juice party. So <laughs> that's pretty awkward. Um, that's real awkward. Do we have time for beats and jams real quick? talk a little bit about beats and jams yeah um, you got it you got it i found a band on youtube called knower k-n-o-w-e-r knower and huh. i can't peg down a genre but they do some really good funk stuff they do some really weird electronic stuff <sighs> excuse me and honestly it's 
Nowhere the band is great, but but listening to Nowhere will will do um something that I love. It'll send you down a YouTube wormhole of oh boy. related artists and stuff that yeah. band members have done, their other projects and stuff. So I'm not yeah, necessarily yeah. saying go listen to Nowhere. I'm just saying look up a Nowhere video and then follow the rabbit hole. Follow the rabbit hole. And follow uh it real far. Yeah, because they're they are associated with some really good, really weird music. So I recommend that. Um, that's about it. Besides that, it's been a lot of punk rock because the weather is uh, getting better. Yeah, yeah, punk rock will do that. Mm-hmm. It'll, uh, I, think, I think punk rock has an influence over the weather, to be honest. I think so. I think I... The more punk rock everyone <laughs> listens to, the better the weather is going to be. <laughs> because, you know, uh, prayers don't matter if you don't fast. That's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you listen to during this challenge? Um, you know, I, I am I'm a big fan of guys on YouTube that will do uh, just really long playlists of stuff. Yeah, kind of blend it all together. Uh, I think Mr. Suicide Sheep was was OG Blender. <laughs> yep um yeah but uh there are a couple a couple out there um i found a new one he's been around for a while i guess but i found new to me um called chill out deer which his name her name their name mm-hmm. pretty much annoys me but deer like the animal right D-E-E-R. yeah yeah and it's all yeah. one word chill out deer um mm. i hate the phrase chill out i hate the phrase chill and <laughs> I don't like when people combine two words into one word. What about when people wear animal masks in their indie music videos? Oh my god! Uh, right, that was played why out. Would, the very why f- would you do that to me? I don't know, but I see it come up on YouTube all the time. Even today, people are making YouTube videos where we're there, like they're wearing animal masks, and I'm like, stop! Uh, that like, trope stop. is over. It's been um, over anyway. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, his stuff is just the mixes that he makes. Uh, are they're more geared towards down tempo and ambient and my kind of stuff. Um, whereas Mr. Suicide cheap can be more EDM than I usually like. So, mm. Uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's really nice for, for spending a lot of time in the kitchen. keeps me focused, keeps me moving. Um, which Excellent. is kind of counter to what that music usually should do. But <laughs> for some reason, my brain's wired that way. So it helps you get in the zone at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. And that's what matters. Uh, whatever yeah. it takes. Oh, I also listen to a lot of Deftones, I should say. Oh, nice. Which album? Anything uh, in particular? Just Diamond Eyes. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's just consistently good. So. It's consistently good. Yeah, and it, it provides a lot of different places you can go. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys would like to share what you were listening to, or maybe what you made with the Miso Challenge, please do that. Um, you can find us at Twitter. Sorry, you can find us anywhere at Me Cook Pretty. Um, and one place you can also always catch our ear is on iTunes. Yeah. And uh, in fact, a listener uh, by the username Courtney Crary. Hey, Courtney. Uh, <laughs> hi, Courtney. Um, <laughs> gave us a review on iTunes. So I'm gonna go. Ah, I'm gonna go ahead and read that. Um, let's see. Feeling is feeling inspired by Courtney Crary, as a vegan food blogger who fears making things that meat eaters will find bland or icky. I can honestly say this podcast has inspired me to have more fun and take more risks in the kitchen. Thanks for sharing both of your failures and your successes, freeing your listeners to get creative. Wait, did did she spell out failures because that's what you said last nope. time? No, 
or nope that was just how i say that word (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna have a little hooked on phonics session after we're done recording here and we're gonna failures (laughs) (laughs) nuclear uh thank you so much courtney for that rating um thank you that but uh, if you guys want to join the ranks of our friends Courtney and Jackson, mm-hmm. you can drop by iTunes and leave us a review. I mean that that is that is the nicest thing that you can do for us right now as mm-hmm. a as a fledgling podcast. Uh, that is it. That is a huge huge bonus to us. Um, and we like hearing from you guys. We like seeing that you're interacting with us and taking part in the challenges or at least listening to how we're screwing things up. So maybe you yeah. don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And like I said before, even if, if you're not quite ready to commit to a, to an iTunes rating, at least find us on Instagram or Twitter at me cook pretty. We try to post as many of these failures and successes as possible. Usually just the pretty stuff makes the cut, but every now and then we'll post, uh, we'll post something that didn't quite make it. <laughs> um, uh, you have anything else to say before we go or, uh, uh, I am just kind of excited to do a little salt detox this upcoming week <laughs> after, after all the miso, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to consume any sodium, uh, which is going to be really great for my body. I don't yeah. know why I said it that way, but I did. It's my body. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to slow things down. I'm going to drink a big glass of water. Um, I, I'm hoping the next miso challenge water. will match, um, the weather's supposed to be picking up a bit, so hopefully we find something that goes well with that. Nice little springy challenge, yeah. Nice little spring challenge will be awesome. Um, so again, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. That was the miso challenge. <laughs> uh, definitely give it a try. Please let us know what you think. If you like it, if you hate it, we want to know. Um, and thanks for listening. Don't forget, live fast. And cook pretty. Cook pretty.